Hey, my name is Eric, and you're listening to Viral Positivity, a podcast providing community-sourced updates, advice, and encouragement. My name is Dana Cormier. I reside in Karen Crow, Louisiana. I am a nurse. I'm an independent contractor nurse. Prior to that, I worked as a nurse in LTAC, long-term acute care. I became an independent contractor nurse going on two years now. I've been working at different facilities from nursing homes, also some LTAC. I'm a clinical floor nurse that's one-on-one patient care. Today is my 16th day for self-isolation. Approximately 16 days ago, I reported to work and they were on lockdown. CDC had already put in place at all of the facilities to uh, not allow visitors. They were uh, not allowing any of the nurses um, into the facilities and had a station that had like a questionnaire that we had to fill out, which, you know, all of my answers were no. I felt fine. Um, they were checking um, temperatures and the protocol through the CDC was above 100. Um, temp, then, you know, you would not be allowed in the facility. So mine was low grade. It was 99.1. And so I was still allowed into the facility. I had no other symptoms or any reason, you know, at that point to not report to work. I worked again another shift the next day and the same thing happened. I did complete that shift. There were some other things that happened. And I I really don't want to discuss those because I could lose my job. There was a combination of things that had made me decide to go ahead and self-isolate. I did have some mild symptoms. I experienced some coughing. At that point, there wasn't a confirmed case here in Lafayette. They really have not done a whole lot of testing here. As a healthcare worker, I'm a high risk. But if I didn't have severe symptoms, then you couldn't be tested. I could feel myself panicking, and I knew the most important thing for me to do is to stay calm and to get as much information that I possibly could professionally and personally to educate myself on what was going on with this pandemic. Self-isolation is basically that I just stay within my home. I have not left at all. My biggest thing is just making my home like my sanctuary. I'm an outdoor person. I have an outdoor porch. And that's pretty much my living room. So I have like a little small gym set up on my porch. I have a puzzle area where I'm working on a puzzle. I have my pen and papers where if I want to journal, I have an area out in my front yard that I can enjoy with my animals. I'm adapted to this new world, so to speak. The stay at home order, it means that you only go out for essentials. I have everything that I possibly needed. And, you know, there was even a point whenever I ran out of paper towels where I was like, well, let me take this tapestry that I have and cut into squares. You know, I don't need to go and just get paper towels. I'm in the middle of a pandemic. It's not a typical day where all of a sudden you realize that you need something and you just run down to the store and grab it. I do think that education is a huge part of the self-care. Instead of trying to be stuck in denial, which is very dangerous to actually say, you know, I, I would like to learn about what it is. What What is 
going on. And there's some really good scientific information out there. And that gives you the capability to just make some good choices and be accepting of something that is just, you know, it's a very serious virus that can be lethal. The CDC has, you know, their website, World Health Organization has one. Whatever helps you in your self-care to be more relaxed at home, which in turn will help the stress come down and the fear. You know, at this point, it's community spread. There's no treatment. There's no, absolute no treatment. The clinicals of the COVID unit in New Orleans, whew, it is mind-blowing, Eric. It's mind-blowing. Everyone wants to go to New Orleans at least once for Mardi Gras in their lifetime. It's such a huge gathering, like a million people, people in the streets, everyone shoulder to shoulder. And it's so contagious. If there's one person, which I would imagine in a million people that there were several people that are potential positives, I think that that is a huge thing. There was also another celebration. There were huge gatherings during St. Patrick's. I think those or two of the definitely could be, you know, community. Community spread. From the information that I've gathered, we are about two weeks behind New Orleans. We have a smaller population here and a smaller Mardi Gras, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very worried. There are a lot of people that are surviving this. How do we know who is surviving it and who is not? Because we have elderly people that have survived it, and we've had young, healthy people not survive it. It's an outbreak, so it's making its way through. So the more people that stay at home and get out of its way, the better. None of us are immune to it. If I can wait to get it in three months when the health system isn't just so bombarded, I maybe get better care. Now that it's been 16 days, um, I haven't had any kind of symptoms in a good seven, eight days. And I haven't been in contact with anyone for 14 days. At this point, I'm able to work and I want to help, you know, and as long as I'm healthy and I take the precautions, I am going to work. Everything that I put in place uh, for self-isolation, I'm definitely going to continue that with just the exception of me going to work. There are some anxieties with um, going back. I'm in the front lines. You know, we can't use a six-foot distancing from our patients. You know, at any point, it could be transmitted to me. I know this is the world that we live in, and um, I just will constantly, on a day-to-day basis, just continue to analyze and, you know, take a look at what's going on at that time and make the, you know, the best decisions that I can at that time.